This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Oh Lord. Be not self-righteous that you're, you know, trying to look all serious when text messages come in and you're preaching. Okay? But Jesus is saying, um, don't practice your righteousness before people. How easy is it for us to be concerned about what people think of us and you, you become so overly righteous and he says, do not make yourself too wise because you know what happens when people are super self-righteous? They think they're so smart, right? They think they're so, so wise that I like, come to me for counsel and advice and I will quote scripture to you. Hey, listen, man. I, I go through this a lot, okay? Because sometimes it feels like I've memorized some scripture, God has shown me some stuff, and it's easy for me to try to practice my righteousness before people and become so prideful. Uh, the disciples of John the Baptist, they, they had a hard time with this when they come to Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples, they do not fast. Hey man, we're starving ourselves and crying out to God. Your disciples, they're picking grain and eating. You guys are eating with the tax collectors, sitting with the drunkards, the prostitutes. They're having a great time. You guys aren't fasting. And Jesus gives them a good teaching on, listen man, the bridegroom is here, man. They're going to celebrate now. Romans chapter 10 verse 3, Paul says something very similar. He says, for being, uh, being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. You see, self-righteous people do not submit to God's righteousness. That's to God's sovereignty but they create a righteous standard for themselves, either through their theology or through their church rules and regulations or through their family standard and values. And self-righteous people, um, sadly, will try to be wise or will think that they're wise in their own eyes and they will try to convince the people around them that they're so smart and they will try to find their pride in that. And one of the ways we, we reboot our, 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 you know, our walk with God and to make sure we're living in the spirit is to ask ourselves, man, am I living a self-righteous life? Am I just concerned about what other people see in me as righteousness or do I really care about what God sees in me? Because if you're living a self-righteous life, the Bible says you're only fooling yourself. Do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy your life? How is your life destroyed? You see, it says in Job chapter 11 verse 12, but a stupid man will get understanding when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. (laughs) If you're living a self-righteous life, you're being a fool and you will never get understanding. You know, a self-righteous person will never get full understanding. Um, you know, like when, when a donkey's, you know, colt is born a man, maybe then you'll get understanding, but that's never going to happen. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. You see, we got to only think according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. That is the opposite, man, of being prideful. This is being humble. This is being able to actually run into the presence of God and only speak what God has revealed to you and only opening your mouth when God tells you to speak. A self-righteous person will destroy himself eventually. Listen, if you, again, this is between you and God now, if you recognize that you're a self-righteous person, you live your life so concerned about what people think of you and you want to portray this, this person that you are walking with Jesus, that you're so, you know, always correct with everything you do, you will end up hurting yourself. Either your friends will leave you, your family will leave you, and even if you're able to fool them to stick around, because man, seriously, a self-righteous person is hard to be around with because you're always one-upping even God. It's really hard to be around. But even if you're able to convince people to be around, like we saw earlier, the end of the matter is more important than the beginning. When you stand before God, your self-righteousness will be shown for what it truly is. Disgusting. So don't be self-righteous. He also says, don't be unrighteous. Verse 17, be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. 
Why should you die before your time? <laughs> Good advice again. Do not be overly wicked. Is he saying, do not be overly wicked? So again, sin in moderation? No, he's saying, listen man, don't run around taking the grace of God for granted. That is foolishness and you're provoking God to judge you and to cut off your life prematurely. Do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? Man, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They said that they were going to sell all the property and come and give it to God and they put on this self-righteous act and they act in a very unrighteous way and they die immediately. Man, there are many people who have tested God this way and are living in prison right now doing life. Right? Many people same way and, you know, are no longer standing behind a pulpit and preaching. They've cut their days of grace short because they have taunted and teased the grace of God. And there's a warning for everyone that's taking the grace of God lightly, like it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Do you presume on the riches of the kindness and forbearance of patience and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is what? meant to lead you to repentance. You see, God's kindness does not lead us to repentance. It's meant to lead you to repentance. In other words, God shows you kindness and He expects you to turn around, to repent when He's being kind and patient and generous to you. Do you presume on the riches and kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of your hard and impenitent heart? Wow. Because of your hard heart that would not turn around, because of your hard heart that would not be softened by God's kindness, you are what? Storing up wrath for yourselves on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Uh, as I was writing this this morning, um, there was a question that came up. Joel, do you believe that believers will still face the wrath of God? Um, no, no. When you are saved, the wrath of God is turned away from you and the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus on that cross. But I'll tell you this, please listen to me carefully. If you're living in unrepentant sin and God's kindness is coming, knocking on the door of your life daily and you're living in unrepentant sin, you are not saved, my friend. You don't need a spiritual reboot. You need a spiritual rebirth. You need to be born again because a saved person does not live in the patterns of sin. If you're going from one sin to the next, it might be different people, but if it's the same sin over and over and over and over and over again, listen man, you need to be born again. Because a saved person does not continue to live in patterns of sin. A saved person sins, but sins occasionally. A saved person sins, but they don't make a sinning their pattern, their lifestyle. A saved person will be fighting and waging war. Listen to me very carefully. The book of Ephesians says that when you're born again, the Holy Spirit is placed in you. And the Holy Spirit goes to war against the flesh, like we saw in Galatians, right? The flesh, you're trying to perfect your life with the flesh, and the Holy Spirit will go to war against it. If you're not waging war in yourself daily when temptation comes, if you're not fighting it, if you're not saying, man, how can I not see salvation in my life? You're not born again. You're just taking advantage of the grace of God, and you're storing for yourself the wrath on yourself. So many Christians will find a theology that says, no, no, I can be saved and still have the wrath of God. No, that's because you're not saved. It's because you haven't come to Jesus and said, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, change my life. You see, oftentimes, oh man, how do I explain this to you? Oftentimes, we come to Jesus because we think that's the good thing to do. You don't come to Jesus because you see that you're a sinful person who cannot save yourself. And you don't throw yourself at the mercy of Jesus. And that's why you think that I can continue to save myself. But Jesus says, listen, I'm being kind to you. I'm being generous to you so that you can come to me and realize that you're sinful and you cannot save yourself. All of mankind needs me. And that's why I came for the whole world. Now surrender to my sovereignty and trust me and stop trying to live according to your righteousness. Stop living in unrighteousness. Let me cover you with my righteousness, with the holy righteousness of Jesus. Yes, we all sin. But don't make it a lifestyle. Don't make it a part of your life. Man, how many times we... 
you know, schedule sin in. We plan it. We look forward to it. A believer doesn't do that, man. A believer will repent. A believer will toss and turn at night in his bed until he comes right with God. And you know what, folks? A little side note. As we've been going through the book of Ecclesiastes, I don't know about you, man, but God has brought so much conviction in my life. And I love how real the gospel is becoming. And I love the few testimonies that I hear of what, what's, what's happening as people are walking in the, through this book with us and the Holy Spirit's working. And I really hope you're taking this very seriously. Man, I, I urge you this week to go back and to listen to these sermons, man. Listen to these messages and ask God to speak to you. It's beautiful what God is doing, not just in Boise, but around the world, the way God is speaking to people. This is beautiful truth because we have all sinned. We've all fallen short. And God is sovereign over all the world, over every situation in your life. And if we are continuing to live in our self-righteousness and in our unrighteousness, these things, it means nothing to you. Might as well shut this off and go do whatever it is you're doing this means nothing to you but if you really want to live the life that God had created you to live to find purpose and meaning once again man surrender to his righteousness the right life walks the path between the extremes of self-righteousness and not allowing one's native wickedness to run its own course how do we live the perfect life of righteousness how do we do that you curious Join us next week. No, I'm kidding. This is what I think it looks like, to put it really simple. Live a life that has the fear of God. Live a life that has the fear of God. Practically, okay? Let's look at this. Verse 18. It is good that you should take hold of this. And from that, withhold not your hand. Take a hold of this and don't pull your hand out once you've held on to this for the one who fears God shall come out from both of them both of what you shall come out from unrighteousness and shall come out from self-righteousness the one who fears God shall come out from both the man I wish that when I was a young believer someone preached this to me man because you know what I've struggled with this a lot and oftentimes I go from having my quiet time spending time with Jesus and walking with him and then I see that I'm standing on my own flesh I'm standing on my own righteousness and then I try to seek his face and I start living an unrighteous life and I wish someone sat me down and said hey listen man you want to live that fine balanced life live a life that has fear and reverence for God like the Bible says and you will be saved from both of these things isn't that such a beautiful truth just live a life that has the fear of God okay the natural question then that follows is how do we live? Yeah, what is the fear of God? How do we live a life that has a fear of God? Join us next week. No, I'm kidding. Did I only say that? I did. Let's say it one more time. By the way, I'm really excited for us to meet once again in the building where we can banter like this. I really missed that. What does it mean to fear God practically? It means to have reverence. It means to have a deep respect and admiration towards Him. You know, I tell you that our, our mission for our church is for us to have a deep intimacy with Jesus, right? A relationship that's mm, sweet, pure, right? Something that's tangible and that our intimacy with Christ will compel unbelievers to find this new hope in Jesus. Man, that's what it means to live with the fear of God. It means to have a deep sense of respect and admiration for God like Nehemiah. In chapter 1, verse 11, he says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name. Do you delight to fear God? Do you delight to be in deep awe and admiration to Jesus? You see, self-righteous people, man, they are in deep admiration of how wise they are. You're with me. A self-righteous person will, will pray and will say, man, that was actually pretty good. 
I be, I, God better be impressed with that. Did you hear the words I used? Man, I used Hebrew. I spoke in tongues. I, you know, and all the other things. I prayed for so long. But Nehemiah says, God, hear the prayers of those who delight to fear your name. Do you delight just being in reverence of God? What does it mean to fear God? It is to know that he is God and we are not. Again, it's to know that he's sovereign. You're not. It says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity we recognize that it's God who blesses us he is God I am not and and we're blessed to fear God to have a holy reverence and admiration for him what does it mean to fear God in all practicality it means to hold him in awe for his majestic beauty that sounds so Christian isn't it to hold him in awe for his majestic beauty let me paint this picture for you Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2 it says this is the one to whom I will look he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Do you tremble at his word? When you sit and you read his word, when he speaks to you, do you tremble at his word? Not out of God, don't smite me, mighty smiter, but do you tremble that the eternal almighty God will speak to you a speck of dust? And do you tremble at his word? To live in the fear of God means to hold him in awe for his majestic beauty. And we don't tremble at the beautiful word of God that's life. What does it mean to live in the fear of God? Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 paraphrased says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It is God who works in you. It's recognizing that God is a huge part of the life that you live as a believer, man. In fact, he's got to be a part of every single thing that you do. It means to have respect for his might and awesome power. It means to know that God sees you as you are. It means that you need to stop pretending to be something that you're not because God sees you who you are. Oftentimes as believers, we put on this facade of self-righteousness because we don't have the fear of God. We don't realize, man, God sees you, man. He knows exactly who you are. Why are you pretending to be someone? You said, if you were to die right now, if you were to die right now, breathe your last right now. We spoke about this last week, right? Are you ready to die? Do you realize that God knows everything about you? You could fool people around you. I've stood in front of my parents and lied to their face. And I've been very convincing many times. But God knows. And oftentimes, we think that we can fool God because we don't have a holy fear and reverence for God. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 